Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, guys. GGS 205. So Wheeler is out for the next three days, and then Rachel's is going to be out for a couple of weeks coming mm-hmm. up. So it's just going to be kind of weird. Uh, obviously, I don't do a show by myself. I hope I never do a show by myself. I've done those back when I was Glenn Beck's fill-in guy, and I did not enjoy that. But as the cast changes, the show's going to change a little bit, uh, a little more serious, a little less serious. So hopefully, as you always have done, you'll just sort of ride the wave with us. Um, Rach, funeral processions. Oh, my goodness. I was driving into work today. I'm on 44. And I see this line of cars and everyone has their hazards on. And I eventually realized, like, okay, it's a funeral funeral procession. Not something I typically see on the highway like mm-hmm. that. But they all stayed in the right lane. And it wasn't rush hours. It was, you know, 10 o'clock. But still, like, people are trying to get into the right lane from a oncoming ramp or they're trying to get off onto a ramp. And if this was like 10, 15 cars, just everyone with their hazards on going pretty slow in the right lane. And it was, to me, felt pretty dangerous. I, at one point, like tried to get past all of them, but there were so many of them and I just didn't feel comfortable gunning it and getting in front. It's where I actually ended up taking a different exit than what I normally take to get downtown. But it, it was just weird to me. It, I I totally respect like you're in a funeral re- procession. You want want to get to the place. You want everyone to stay together. But can't we make it the rule that if you're gonna get onto the highway like that, like maybe everybody just kind of splits up and <laughs> makes it to well, the cemetery on their own? Because mm-hmm. it was not it was just not a comfortable situation and it was not good for the flow of traffic whatsoever. When I was a kid, uh, <clears throat> it was made very clear to me. Uh, from both my mom and dad, but mostly mostly my dad. Like when you see a uh, ambulance, you pull over. When yeah. you see a funeral, you pull over, and and you show respect. So that is ingrained in me, and I always do that. However, I agree with you, and I think that the rule should be that if you have to take your funeral onto a major highway, like Highway Forty, Highway Forty Four, whatever, two seventy, that. I think that the non-funeral drivers should show as much respect as possible, but this everyone else's safety is is more important. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you should blow past them in your big giant diesel truck gunning it and, and billowing black smoke out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also don't think that you 
should have to be so careful that you end up because so many times with driving, we all know this, you end up in an accident because sometimes you're too careful or you're too tentative. That's exactly what I was worried that there was going to be an accident because everyone was going so slowly that it was just going over there for me. Oh, yeah. It was just not a good situation. So, you know. Yeah, it's a tough one. I've been in that a couple of times. I remember one time it was the police officer who was killed in Kirkwood. This is so long ago that Phoebe was a baby, a literal baby. And we were living in Kirkwood at the time. And we were in the car and she was in the, the pumpkin seat. And we and his funeral was going by. And it was a very long procession. And Phoebe started crying, and I guess I was too dumb that if your car's not moving or something, the, the air's not working, and it was a warm day. And it was getting really, really bad. Like, Phoebe was kind of losing it, and I was worried about her, but I would have had at that point to have pulled, like, into the procession. Yeah. And I, I like, I still can feel what that felt like, like— you know me, I'm very, very respectful of police officers, and this was a, a big story and a big thing, but this is my daughter, and she was, like, hyperventilating, so it was a rough one. Mm, yeah. What did Norma have to say? <laughs> this will be fun. We can just have him take the call from in here and then <laughs> describe. Norma thought it was very rude that we were bad-mouthing funeral processions, which made me glad that I didn't give my hot take, which is that funeral processions should not be allowed on the highway. I That's didn't think I we feel. were bad-mouthing them. I, we I was just, weren't. I'm bringing no, up the concern that it was unsafe. Norma, Norma. Come on, Norma. Have some subtlety in your thinking. We just said how, respect, uh, how respectful we should be. However, when you get, do you want another person to die? When you get out on a highway, the whole thing becomes a cluster. Mm-hmm. That's all we're saying. That's different than being on a side road and pulling off or, you know, that's different. Mm-hmm. I, I, they, no, this is what drives me crazy about people like Norma. You hear what you want to hear, whether it's something about this or it's politics or what have you. You just hear what you want to hear and then you complain. Well, she's calling back. Should I get it? I don't know. Go ahead. I'll get it. I'll get, I got it. You okay. <laughs> Let me fight with Norma. Is it is it wrong of me to say that I don't think they should be allowed on the highway? I think that would solve a lot of problems. Stick to surface roads. Well, I mean, sometimes you can't. Yeah. I mean, you could, but I don't think there's anything wrong with being on the highway. I just think that you have to know that there are going to be lots of other cars on the highway. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me get you on hold. Now what? <laughs> she was saying she's never seen a, a funeral procession that doesn't have a police ex- escort. We can talk to her if you want to. Put her on. Go ahead, Norma. I'm already, no, I'm already mad hi, at you. Hi. No, no, I'm not upset. I just wanted to let you know I've lived in the St. Louis area probably since 1978, and I have never seen a funeral procession, at least around my area, that doesn't have a police escort. And I've even seen them on the highway. So I was kind of perplexed by that. Maybe the maybe the people didn't contact somebody, but most funeral homes will have will contact and have a police escort at the front in order to keep it safe. That's all I was thinking about. That's all. Okay. Well, I'm less mad at you because you seem nice. But let me (laughs) say. But let me say. Let me say this. Even though I am nice and I listen to you guys every single day, Uh, they they do have them without police escorts. And even when there is a police escort, because I've been in many of them. I still yeah. I still think that when it's an especially wrong 
a long procession, people yeah. people don't know what to do because you're I on mean, the highway. I, and then, I know, yeah. yeah. Now, I, people now drive I love Norma. <laughs> that people drive crazy around here anyway. You oh, know, my God. Absolutely. Out. Yes. Thank you, Norma. How about we have Norma come in and, and replace Wheeler? I was just gonna say, <laughs> See how up? quickly my emotions can change? Let's have Norma come sit in. You're like, no, 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 no. I want to get this Norma no, no, no. thing off my let, chest real Let me quick. crap on Norma some more. Here's what's wrong with Norma. Then she's nice. I'm like, ah. You know what? You sound like a sweet lady. What a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, there was no police escort. That's why it took me so long. I mean, it didn't take me a long time. It took me maybe 30 seconds to figure out what was going on, but it was Kinda, unsafe. Let me, let me build on this and turn it into one of my Dave analogies. Okay. And I actually have this in my mm-hmm. show sheet today. So I have noticed, and I'm sure most of you have too. Look, there have always been scoff laws. There have always been people who will blow by you going 100 miles an hour. There have always been people who will run a red light. Always. But if you're out much, you have probably noticed that there are way more people like that. I'm, I'm wondering if... You think there is an analogy to this new law-breaking, rule-bending, like, ah, I know it's technically against the law, but I don't feel like doing that. Or watch me go 100 miles an hour past all of these suckers who are going the speed limit. I kind of feel like there's an analogy for that for politics in the United States for sure. You know, you look at what's going on in the House of Representatives, and it's just sort of unprecedented. We've had weirdos in Congress before, but not to this level. And it just overall kind of feels like we've had this, yeah, whatever. I'm going to do what I want because I'm smarter and better and more important than everyone else. And, you know, (laughs) what a weird thing for Dave Glover to be, like, supporting rules because I'm kind of quirky rule breaker in that way. But I think society has suffered by so many people ignoring so many rules that we have. Thoughts? I Uh, mean, uh, would you like to go first? Uh, Let's just get Norma on. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I sound like a broken record, but I always say the same thing, but I think it's true. I think we are just so beyond spoiled in this country. And, you know, it's a great thing that we have such comfortable lives, but I think we get it in our heads that everything I want, I get. And those rules are really for you. They're not actually for me. It's taking American exceptionalism, like, and then abs- uh, internalizing Becoming that into an invit. Yeah. Into like me as an individual, I am actually better than everyone else out there. If I want something, I should be able to get it instant gratification. And I think those people are now in leadership, you know, I mean, whatever you think, okay, <laughs> Bill Clinton broke a couple rules. Uh, yes, he did. B- but politically, <laughs> I think he was very sound. I, I think he was trustworthy. I think he was reasonable. I feel the same way about Mitt Romney. So one is a Democrat in his time considered very liberal, and one is a Republican in his Earlier time, considered very conservative now, rhino and whatever the other one is for for Democrat. But they were serious people and they took things seriously and they uh, handled their political business, at least. Bill might not have been the best person to pick uh, mm-hmm. with seriousness. And now I just feel like there's. 
it's not a majority, but it feels like a majority when the people you see on your screens are so not serious. And it makes me infuriated because I think we're living in a very, very dangerous time. This stuff that's going on in the Middle East, look, I, I'm I'm never going to be a guest on someone's national show as an expert on geopolitical military stuff, but, but I'm not stupid and I can look and read the tea leaves a little bit and someone out there wants a big fight. For some reason, Iran seems less afraid of us than they have been. Maybe it's because they're less afraid of Biden. Maybe it's because they think that we are in disarray. Maybe they think it's because Donald Trump might be reelected, then it will be more chaotic. Maybe it's because China has called, texted them on WhatsApp and said, like, hey, we got your back, you guys. But something's going on. And I feel like the party's over, okay? Mm -hmm. To whatever degree we were acting fools we need to stop because the party's over does that make sense mm -hmm. someone's about to call the cops on us i don't even feel like you can i don't i can't confidently say that it's not a majority anymore maybe it's not a majority in like the house of representatives but it's it feels like a majority when you're just like walking around on the street or you know driving in your car or whatever it feels like the majority of people are just like i don't i don't feel like following this rule. I don't feel like stopping at the stop sign. I don't feel like stopping at this red light. I don't feel like not driving in the bike lane to get around these people or whatever. So I'm not going to do it. I grew up uh, with great respect for leaders and politicians and just assumed that they were organically smarter than me and of higher moral fiber than me. And they were just better than me. And then I met some of them and I realized that's not necessarily true. I would still like it to be true. I would like to look at the people leading our country, our state, our city, and feel like, boy, I'm glad they're there. Glad that's not me. This isn't meant to sound cocky, but I would replace most of them with me. And I'm not that great a person. I'm not all that smart, don't have the most moral fiber. But compared to these fools, compared to these monkeys— Put me in, coach, because I think that I'm smarter and better than most of them, at least the way they're acting. Yeah. It's almost oh, like yeah. watching the Cardinals and feeling like, well, I could play second base better than that guy. And, and when I watch the politicians, I think, I think I, I or most people I know could do this better than what you're doing. It's kind of like the class clown, like got into Harvard or something. I, I think we all had those classes in middle school and high school where a, a small part of the class was acting up and kind of ruining things for everyone else. But then you get older and you get into college and it's like, who's going to be a class clown in college? You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. Now it feels like that is kind of bled over and yeah. into mm -hmm. these big boy positions where I just watched Mitt Romney was on like 60 minutes or something last night and talking about his new book. And he talked a lot about how at the end of the day, he puts his country over his self and his own ambitions. Yeah. That's just not something we see as much anymore. Yeah. I don't need anyone to be perfect. You go back. None of them are perfect. Look at JFK. Look at, you know, all of them have their imperfections, but they were for the most part, Serious, sober statesmen, men and women. 
And now I think that's few and far between. Mm -hmm. And that might be okay if we didn't have enemies out there who were actively looking for an opening. Yeah. Yeah. But we do, and they are, and I'm just disgusted by how poorly, like if this were a, a sports team, you'd, you'd bench all these people, you know? If mm-hmm. we had the power to just, okay, you're benched, you're benched, let's get someone else in there. I'm just disgusted by it. 225 DGS coming up at 3. We have Jay Greenberg, my friend, who is the special agent in charge of the FBI. I was uh, going through my phone news the other day, which is all national and international. And all of a sudden, there's a big picture of Jay Greenberg. I'm oh, like, wow. oh, man, hey. Jay, Jay finally got arrested. And uh, <laughs> there was some uh, like crime ring that he busted or helped to bust where people were sending money back to support terrorism. So uh, he's going to be here in live at three. Talk about that and anything else. I uh, want a couple of dumb stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, this isn't dumb to the people it happened to. But there's a story about a family who went away on vacation, came back, and their home had been literally demolished because the company got the wrong address. Oh, man. And they literally demolished their home Oof. instead of the one they were supposed to. You don't want to double check that a couple of times before you knock over somebody's house. Oof. I mean, not to point fingers, but allow me to point fingers. Mm. Jeez. Uh, I don't know why I love this story so much. Uh, I just did this whole big thing about following rules and law and order. But every now and then, like uh, a bad guy will will make me giggle. Yeah. So this guy had an idea to rob a, uh, a department store. So he posed as a mannequin. So <laughs> he stood in the window, not not like like in, off in the corner. He stood in the window uh, like a mannequin and people were walking by and like, oh, those are some attractive trousers. And he waited hours until the store closed and he pilfered it and he got away with it. Oh, and then his dumb rocks. ass tried it again, <laughs> and some kid was like, Mommy, I think that that's a real person. Mommy, that's not the spring collection. Something's wrong. And he got <laughs> caught. Hey, hey, good for him that you can stand still for that long like, yeah. and not have to go to the bathroom or anything. That's uh, some skills. Yeah, dividing, have the dividing the internet, a man put up a pole dancing skeleton decoration <laughs> on a street sign. And I, and I guess it's a gyrating skeleton, <laughs> and people complained, and so he brought it into his yard and made it even dirtier, and so now people are wanting him to take it down. He's like, it's my private property. It's Halloween. Come on. It's a skeleton. Have a sense of humor. Thoughts? Now, if I'm not mistaken, pretty much every town in the world has some kind of rule about that, right? Like, if you put something in your own yard, but it's, like, graphic and upsetting in some way... You have to get rid of it, right? Like you, it, it's your private yard, but you can't put like, you know. I mean, not to say that the skeleton was like pornographic, but you can't put like pornographic uh, uh, sign up in your yard or whatever, right? I would think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's still like decency rules. Maybe Por- a- thing, it, it's interesting. So that's one thing. Like with Phoebe Glover, uh, she would never let me decorate the yard. It was a thing every year. I'm like, honey. Is this the year we do some dry ice and some fake graves? And she'd be like, okay. Then we'd go shopping. She's like, I can't do it. Um, Just too cheesy for her? But that's becoming a huge, no, too scary. That's becoming a huge thing. I don't know if you've noticed, but I was at Menard yesterday buying my grass seed, and they have 
Halloween decor that's like hundreds of dollars for like werewolves and stuff. 235 DGS. Doing a show for 24 years, I've learned a lot of things. One thing I've learned is you never know what topic, comment is going to catch fire. And I went back to my office on the break because I like to close the door and dance real wild. Uh, <laughs> and I had three voicemails from people about this funeral procession topic. <laughs> and one lady said that she was in a funeral procession and a lady pulled out and T-boned her. And mm-hmm. she ended up taking on 25% of the liability when the insurance came. So, yeah, let's find someone in the – if there are any police officers out there right now who know what the rules are, uh, call me, 314-436-7900-895-1120, who also be great, mm. a funeral director. Oh, yeah. They would know. <laughs> I just got an email. It was really sweet. It was from a woman saying that she likes my new show, but they play it too much. It's <laughs> 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 just really cute. Are they still playing the hell out of our show? Yeah, every mm-hmm. night. Oh, yeah. Best of the Dave Glover show. Huh. I think it's on at 10. You know, so. I don't stay up that late. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you I laugh, don't drive then. that late, so I don't hear it. Yep, I feel that. Right? Totally. Right? Like this is the part that Wheeler usually fills in. He jumps in and is like, oh, did you guys see this? Let's go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I have a story that I wanted to get to last week, but we never got there. I saw a TikTok of a person who was like, I've been waiting 45 minutes for my bill at this restaurant. At what point is it okay for me to just get up and leave? Oh, Never. Yeah. I mean, if you like ask everyone you can and they don't give you a bill, but. <laughs> well, that, that is a good point. That was going to be my thing, too. It's like, well, you can't just get up and like talk to the hostess and say, hey, I need to leave. Let me pay right now. But it was being presented as like at a certain point. It's kind of like when the college professor professor is yeah. 10 minutes late to class and it's like we get to go home. I think we all just kind of look at life that way now. Like, how do I get out of this? Yeah. How do I get around the rules. I've told this story before, but it's because it was top 10 angriest I've ever been. Uh, I rode the bus to school. The bus stop was at the end of my street. And every morning you go down there and there are 10 kids in line and here comes the bus. And and if the rule I thought was if the bus was past like whatever time it was that uh, you could go home. And it was a really snowy day, like almost blizzard conditions. And we're out there, we're freezing our little butts off. And the the let's say that it was 8 a.m. And so it's 8.03 and I'm like, boys, we're going home. And everyone starts walking home. And Shelly <laughs> Bedwell. Shelly. Little do-gooder. So we're standing there looking down because it came down the country road. And she goes, <laughs> I see it. I see the bus. I'm like, I don't hear you. And then everyone lined up again, and I was physically furious over such a stupid thing. You think sort of the way we were talking about how it's like some rules don't apply. You know, people think, like, this rule just doesn't apply to me. Do you think we trick ourselves when it comes to, like, the restaurant thing where, like, you say to your the person you're with, like, well, you know, if they don't, if they never come and get the check, we really, I mean, we don't have to pay, right? It's not on us. I don't know. That seems like a pretty and then like you just bow, you just ramp each other up. Cross, I guess. I mean, they're if you ate so the food. busy that they're not even servicing the table anymore. We should just go. Let's just get <laughs> out of here. 
Uh, let's talk to Robert on line one. He had uh, an incident with a funeral procession. Robert, go ahead. Hi, how you doing? Good. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, that uh, funeral procession uh, on the way to Jefferson Barracks for my uncle, and uh, there was an ice storm going on. It was really cold that day, and the roads were as slick as could be. And I was going through an intersection, and the light initially was green, but it turned red when half the procession went through. And there was a kid coming the other way from the left, and he all he saw was the green light. And he just kept coming. And he hit the back of my car, and I spun around three times in the ice. And uh, it totaled the car out. But uh, later, when I called the insurance company, insurance company was going to try to hang me because I was in the middle of the intersection on a red uh-huh. and I explained to him that I was in a funeral procession, but that didn't seem to matter to him. And I said, well, about 20 cars pulled over behind me. So I have 20 witnesses mm-hmm. and that did it. That's, so interesting. Says, okay. That's really interesting. Thank you, Robert. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure most lawyers out there know the deal. I wouldn't think, I, I, I would think that it would have been Robert's fault that if there's not a police escort like Norma, my, my new girlfriend was talking about, yeah. that if there's not a police escort at the stoplight, you know how you'll see that a lot, that because if, if I'm going down the road, uh, I don't know that it's a funeral procession. Can't believe we're still talking about this. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's unfortunate all the way around because that that sucks. Anyhow. Anyway. Anyway. We're solving it slowly but surely. Very we're slowly. figuring it out. By 5 o'clock, I think we're going to have this thing locked down, Dave. My check engine light is on. Oh, another, a, another car problem I'm having. I think that's a bad this, feeling. I think I completely believe Skip Weber is going to be here in a couple hours. And so when he gets here, I'll deny saying this. But I completely <laughs> believe that car manufacturers have the ability to have a light turn on that tells you a little better what's going on. Rather yeah. than the catch-all Is it my engine. gas cap or am I about to blow my engine? Yeah. But in the absence of that, most people who are grown-ups will take their car in for service and it costs them money to find out that it's kind of nothing. Yeah, is it bad that I don't really have a plan to take my car in for service? I think most people don't. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just unless you, which I, is also bad. I usually go with like if I can hear or feel something wrong with the car. <laughs> oh, that's your standard. <laughs> yeah, that's the standard. I've seen your car. I can't believe that you don't <laughs> experience that every day. Well, you gotta know. You also gotta know what's normal, right? What's a normal conversation you're having with your car as you drive down the road? And what's oh no, something bad is happening. What is the uh, is he a jerk trick or treat edition? Okay, so I saw this on Reddit. A guy they always posted on "Am I the a hole?" But I don't like to say that on the radio, so I'm saying, "Is he the jerk?" Like you just did. Yeah, but I don't want to say it continuously, so we're going with "Is he the jerk?" This guy um, and his girlfriend just moved to this affluent neighborhood a couple years ago, and he says, "Like, look, I I love Halloween. I love trick or treat. I worked really hard to get into this nice subdivision." But what drives me crazy is people 
bring their kids from out of town and sometimes mm. they even see out of state yeah. license plates. They come and they want to trick or treat in our neighborhood because we're giving out these full size yep. candy bars and we got all this great stuff going on. And I am mad about it. I think they should stay in their own neighborhoods and it should just be their a own crappy of- neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With my- their stale candy corn in their poverty. <laughs> my girlfriend says I'm a jerk, but I'm just telling it how I am. Do you guys think he's a jerk for saying this? I don't think he's a jerk, but I don't think the people are jerks for going to a better neighborhood. Like there are some neighborhoods that are Halloween-y and some are not. In -hmm. fact, probably some of the most affluent are not because they might be older people that don't have kids. There aren't a lot of kids trick-or-treating. Yeah, I mean, going back to my days in South Roxana, we knew knew who to hit and who not to. Yeah, I think it's, I don't see anything wrong with like traveling to a different neighborhood, especially, and and you might not feel safe, you know, sending your kid out or or going with your kid or whatever, just walking around the neighborhood. You might not just like where you live, but you have to live there. So it's like, you know, yeah, escape, go to where you know. Absolutely true story. Uh, Now I believe that there are laws that if you're a registered sex offender on Halloween, you have to like, not answer the door, turn your porch light out, that kind of stuff. But back in the 70s in South Roxana, that wasn't a law, and we had a pretty big per capita pedophile uh, uh, constituency. And, like, the parents would say things like, okay, so you know about this guy. (laughs) Just, you know. Watch your back. Watch your P's and Q's. And this, I swear to God this is true. I wish I could say their name, but I won't. Uh, But... This cat was giving away homemade popcorn balls. Mm-hmm. And when you're eight, you're like, well, I don't know. No. <laughs> Is it worth the you're, risk? You're really weighing it out there, you yeah. know? <laughs> you're rolling the dice in your head like, oof. I just can't believe, like, I know that there's a gazillion memes and TikToks about, you know, the boomers and Gen X. We're the last of the not to be wussies. We drink out of the hose. We did this. And we did that. And we <laughs> skied behind cars. And, and we did. We did all those things. But but for the grace of God go I, <laughs> that I wasn't taken into someone's basement and fed popcorn balls until they killed me. Because <laughs> it was just like, it was like open range, man. You're down there like, I knew the risks. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I have only myself to blame. <laughs> Wearing this Halloween outfit. Yeah, dressed up like Cornelius <laughs> from Planet of the Apes. 249 DJs coming up is uh, Special Agent in Charge Jay. And uh, we're going to hear about this uh, crime ring that he helped to bust. We have uh, Sweet 16 coming up at 4 p.m. Dave Murray at 3.30 Andrew, you have witnessed the sad decline of both Steak and Shake and the Godfrey Corn Maze. Are they related? They are related. It was a tough, uh, tough Saturday. Uh, (laughs) The two things you love most in life. I know, man. Fast food and corn. So we were looking for somewhere that was like kind of, you know, like a fast casual eatery, right, to eat before we went to the corn maze, Uh, the wife and I. So we went to to Steak and Shake. Steak and Shake's just kind of rough these days, man. Oh, they, yeah. they got rid of all of the uh, post-pandemic. They got rid of all of the like wait staff, all of the servers, and everything is done via uh, several big, gigantic, glowing kiosks. When you walk into the restaurant, you have to go up and touch screen, punch in what you want, and and <sighs> that just feels like such a betrayal of what Steak and Shake is supposed to be, or what I, I what I think it is supposed to be in my a mind. Throwback to fifties yeah. diner yeah. Americana. Yeah, I mean Steak and Shake food is good, but I took the kids there all the time because they loved the whole nineteen fifties vibe. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
And, and it really upset me when they got rid of their, like, they used to have those big real glasses yeah, that yeah. you would get the shake out of stuff. They made everything smaller. They switched it to plastic. And I was like, oh, this isn't really the same. So to find out that they're cutting back even more is extremely I'll tell you this, though. Yeah. You got to eat steak and shake on site. Steak and shake turns into stone within 10 minutes <laughs> yeah. of being in a car. Yeah. Like a uh, jelly made of rocks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so... That, it, it's just, it's just not, and like they, the way it's served to you is just like, you know, there's like one guy in the kitchen and he's like, here you go. You can, and you're like, uh, can I sit at the table? You're like, go do whatever you want. You can sit at the table and you leave. We <laughs> you don't can care. take the table. We don't care. Yeah. It's like no, nothing that happens in the store matters to Tell us Tell it anymore. to the kiosk. <laughs> this ain't my problem. And it felt like the future of like a fast casual eatery. It felt like that's just how things are going to be in like five, 10 years, whether we like it or not. And I think we don't because it's... It That's was, no it's way to cringe. prep for a corn maze. It's no way to prep for a corn maze. And then we get to the maze and the Wasn't Godfrey... that hard? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I would have liked it to be a little harder. I like a difficult I maze. I was right. Isn't you were right. It's for kids. It's for everyone. Is this like Donald Trump passing the Alzheimer's test? <laughs> <laughs> so the problem that I've been he having comes with out the, the other corn end, maze... He's like... <laughs> <laughs> that was hardly a challenge. Is the same problem it's that like I had I with the last year. I see over all the corn. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of ran easy. right through this thing. It's not corn anymore. It's the great Godfrey hemp maze. It's made of hemp now. That's wild. It is. And and just the way that they build it is Why just... Why is that worse? Well, for one thing, you can just kind of see right through well, it. Well, and you're also talking to the king of corn. Well, that's Like, true. he wants to be surrounded by the I corn. I would like to be... I would like to be with my... People, right? you're gonna get lost. You want to be lost in corn. <laughs> He's the children. Of I would corn. like to be. I would like to be with other children of the corn. Uh, it's it. Well, for one thing, you can see right through it, and in a lot of parts, you can see over it. Makes it easier. Like isn't it? Like you it, for it, sure. It, yeah. It kind of removes that sense of like ah, I'm lost in the cornfield. When you can just like you're like oh, I'm like. 30 feet from my car right now. <laughs> like, if we needed to get out, I was telling Megan, like, if we need to get out, we just walk like straight. Like, if the whole that thing way. caught on fire, you'd yeah, be fine. You just walk straight that way and hop over that little low Do fence. Do you think they know out. it? I think they have to know. I, I, I well, think they do that, now. I think it attracts the same level of like rowdy teen, whether it's like a corn maze or a hemp maze. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the, the audience that they're targeting is like, yeah. Rowdy teens on Friday nights who want to go and, you know, escape their parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of those. I'm but not that aware of what hemp looks like. Uh, Kind of like uh, like wheat almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're like walking through a, a tall stalks of wheat. Okay. You know, the, the famous story I tell about when my dad had Alzheimer's and he went into the uh, hay bale maze at Lashes. So another year when I was a teenager and working there, because that was always big fun. We'd build this big maze out of hay bales and had all these designs. It was so much fun. And uh, it was like, you know, whenever pumpkin season and big crowds would show up. And one after another, these kids were coming out with like gashes on their face and stuff. And they're like, there's a demon in there. There's a real demon. And uh, so Mr. Lodge is like, Glover, get in there and find the demon. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you picked the wrong cat for this. <laughs> so I get in there, speaking of, and there's a cat. And oh. it had just posted up in like a little hidey hole was... and was just screwing people up as they oh. came through. <laughs> what kind of cat? Uh, was black. it cute? It was like a feral, you know, like yeah. farm cat. I'm nice. loving the idea of little Dave walking through the corn maze. Like, well, I wasn't little as a teenager. Going after, <laughs> going after a demon. Well, I mean, like a teenage Dave. 
Did they send you in with any sort of weaponry to face the demon? No, but in fairness, there was all sorts of weapons there. So yeah, I could have I could have grabbed something. What did you do about? Did you did you? Oh, I came out and said, "There's a cat in there." (laughs) (laughs) It was was, this is above or below my pay grade. I'm not sure. (laughs) Probably both. (laughs) We used to. So I was on the corn crew. I hate to. But yeah. I was. I was on the corn crew. Double C. And uh, so you'd go out there at five in the morning and you'd pick the corn. You'd ride back on this, like the same kind of wagon they have for hay rides on top of the corn. And you would, you know, shuck a couple. Then you'd go back and the side dropped down and it was just this humongous volume of corn facing you. And then you had this little contraption that you put those burlap sacks on mm-hmm. and you'd put them in and then we'd sell them wholesale to guys who would go sell them on the side of the street. But probably like one out of every hundred cob you grabbed, you would pull it, but it would stick in there and slice you like the worst paper cut you've ever had. (sighs) I'm going to tell that story for the Halloween show. (laughs) It's just one of the, one of the downfalls of being on the corn crew. It's not all the few, the proud. Yeah. 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 I was also okra captain. There, I said it. It's out. (laughs) Everyone knows it now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.